Hi everyone, and welcome to a slightly odd episode of Fast Charge. Uh, right now, I'm joined just by Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hello. Uh, <laughs> but we will be joined later on by uh, David, the editor of Macworld UK. Uh, he's currently busy because Apple just about half an hour ago announced the iPhone SE. So he is rapidly churning out some content. Uh, he's going to jump on the show to chat the new iPhone with us towards the end. But in the meantime, we have the uh, OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro and the Honor 30, 30 Pro and 30 Pro Plus to discuss because this has been a really busy week for phone <laughs> news. Uh, we're not talking LG Velvet and we're not talking Oppo Ace 2 and I'm sure there's all sorts of else that's been announced. Uh, the Galaxy Tab S6 Lite just got confirmed, I think. We're not talking about that either because there's too much this week. After three weeks of no news, all of the news has happened in two days, which is great. So, without further ado, let's start with the OnePlus stuff. Uh, Chris and I have both had OnePlus phones with us for the past week or so. I've reviewed the 8 Pro, and Chris has had the regular 8. Uh, and I think it's safe to say we're both pretty big fans, right? Yeah, I'll show you it there. I've got the regular 8, and I haven't reviewed a OnePlus phone in a few generations now. Um, but I, yeah, really like it. It's green. <laughs> you're not a huge fan of the green though are you because i no, am but... i'm sort of getting used to it a bit mm -hmm. um but yeah this is the glacier green um with, with its new like frosted glass matte uh finish which they say is frostier than any other phone or something <laughs> silly um but, um yeah the, my issue is that it's just a little bit too pale green for my personal taste sure um it looks much nicer outside yes so the, the photos I did of it for the review, it looks quite blue. Mm. Um, I had a couple of my suddenly, shots come out looking blue, yeah. Yeah, it's, and I was like, oh, it looks really nice outside, but inside it looks a little bit too pale. Um, but yeah, there is. it's a shame because in the UK we don't get the new interstellar glow colour. Or the ultramarine um, blue. Or the ultramarine blue, the blue, which I would quite happily take either of those, I think. I'm actually happy. I think the glacial green is my favourite. But I do find it weird. So, yeah, in the UK, we've just got the green and the black. But obviously, other markets, there's this really, really bright blue for the Pro and the quite trippy-looking glow for the regular 8. Um, it's a weird way they've divvied out the colours, especially having different ones for the, the regular and the Pro. And I'm sure there'll be some people out there wishing they could get that glow finish on the Pro model. Um, yeah. And I'm a bit surprised they're not doing that. But anyway, the actual phones themselves are really impressive. I mean, there's been a bit of debate since they announced it yesterday for us, uh, recording this on Wednesday, um, about whether or not, you know, how to talk about the fact that a lot of people are saying this is the first time OnePlus has done a proper flagship in the 8 Pro, um, which is in a way is funny because that's also what everyone said last year when they did the 7 Pro, and that's when everyone said, ah, finally a OnePlus flagship. And we all said it again 12 months on, including myself. And I guess I, I was thinking about this, and the difference is for me that the 7 Pro felt like a flagship missing some features it felt like they were kind of beginning to hit flagship pricing and they almost put everything in, but it's still that waterproofing and wireless charging and other things that were kind of justified by saying, oh, well, they're not worth the price. But that's exactly what a flagship is. It should be everything, um, you know, even the bits that aren't really worth the price because that's what you're getting in that top-of-the-line phone. And I think the 8 Pro is the first time where there's basically nothing here or there's nothing that isn't here. There's nothing you can't get on this phone that you can get elsewhere other than a periscope zoom lens. Well, and yeah. I think that's a really smart thing to drop because I don't think most people care, and I don't. Yeah, we're starting like 
we were talking about it yesterday when we were talking about what we were scoring them and sort of uh, whether they were going to go in different charts and stuff. And yeah. we basically said the pro ticks all the boxes now. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, especially and, when you, and, when you, sorry, you go. Just un, unless you're talking about, yeah, very, very specific techie niche things like yeah. Periscope zooms or, or yeah, whatever. Especially like for me, I think what was really telling was I just reviewed the Oppo Find X2 Pro a few weeks ago. And they are very similar phones in a lot of specs. Obviously, Oppo and OnePlus are linked, so that's not too surprising. But on paper, an awful lot of what they do is exactly the same. Um, and really, when you come down to it, basically the only major difference is the charging setup. The Oppo has faster wired charging, but no wireless. So I prefer the OnePlus setup there, slowing the wire down a bit to 30 watts rather than 65. But having 30 watt wireless as well, I think that's better than just the incredibly fast wired Um Obviously, not everyone will agree. Um, but then the only difference otherwise, really, is the Find X2 Pro has a silly periscope amazing zoom lens, whereas the OnePlus mm. just has a three times hybrid, which is enough zoom for me. And, you know, the, the, the Oppo costs two, 300 quid more um, to get faster charging and a, and a zoom lens. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it, it suddenly makes the Find X2 Pro look laughably overpriced, which it always was expensive, but it felt like kind of justified that price and now the one plus one has come in and you're like well no not anymore actually yeah and they're cheaper than i thought yeah i mean they're, they're these it is a price hike for one plus for sure um both the eight the eight is more than the 70 and the eight pro is a lot more than the 70 pro um but for how much they've added this time i think they get away with it i think they're both still worth the money if you tot up all the differences, say the jump from the 7T Pro to the 8 Pro, and then you say, and it costs £100 more, it's like, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, really good wireless charging. And, you know, let's not be like 30 watt wireless charging is really good wireless charging. That's some of the best you can get. Um, plus IP68, plus a markedly better camera setup. That's worth 100 quid for me. Definitely. I don't quite understand people's problem with OnePlus getting a bit more expensive over the years. It's all, mm. it's all relative. Like every brand has been pushing prices up to, you know, we've, we saw the, the 1000 mark broken a while ago and yep. they're still one, they're still under it. And yeah, that's it, only if you go for the very top pro model. Yeah. So, you know, talking five nine nine or six nine nine dollars for the regular eight. And that's with what, eight gigabytes of Ram and, I think it's 28 gigabytes of storage. Six nine nine, seven nine nine dollars, isn't it? Five nine nine, six nine nine pounds. Yeah, I think that's what I yeah, said. The dollar number is a hundred yeah. more. Anyway, yeah. yeah, you know, I think the top spec you can go is nine 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 dollars. Yeah. And eight nine nine pounds. So it's getting up to the thousand, the thousand dollar line, but not the thousand pound line. Um, but yeah, you know, for the stuff they've added in, it makes sense. I think maybe what makes it harder is they didn't release the rumored eight light which would have ticked that box of the sort of four five hundred dollar one plus that people miss and i think mm. maybe if they'd come out with a light model as well and say look you can still hit that price point you can get that flagship killer kind of thing um we're just also making proper flagships too uh i think the expectation now is that will still come later this year it probably won't be called the eight light it'll be the one plus z or z or something like that um uh, but I think that that maybe is part of what changes it for people that there just isn't a cheap OnePlus now. Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah, because those phones do still exist, but they 
are made by Google and Honor mm. and you know various other brands now. I suppose that's the that's the point they're making. Well, exactly. Which I, I get. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about this specifically later. But you know, I saw someone make the point. Just uh, I think it was Marcus Brownlee, maybe on on Twitter just a minute ago that you know we're now in a year where a new iPhone has come out and it's cheaper than every OnePlus phone on the market. Like. Mm. And I know it's a the, bud, the you know budget iPhone, but still that is kind of funny that actually, and you know the the regular yeah. OnePlus Eight is priced pretty comparably with the iPhone Eleven. Yeah. You know which is you wouldn't have called that, and that's a combination of Apple kind of dropping its flagship price, and OnePlus hiking it, and it's has meant it's ended up in a different space in the market to where it used to be. Um, I guess the question is really, will that? I don't think that will harm it in the West. I guess the question is whether it harms it in markets like China and India, where it OnePlus definitely got a lot of its sort of fan base for being an affordable flagship brand and, and undercutting people. I wonder if this kind of move towards being more premium is going to hurt them there, or whether people yeah, happy thought, to sort of rise up with it. Yeah, I would have thought somewhere like India, they there's probably a bit more risky there, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, they are leaning into India heavily, like things like the OnePlus TV, which I think only came out in India. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, they obviously see India as a key market. And so it's maybe a move that's funny. Again, we're probably seeing a cheaper model later this year. But it looks like they're just going to position that separately. Um, yeah. And then in places like India, you've got Realme who are doing crazy cheap stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you can't afford these new OnePluses, you're not going to go, you know, yeah. you're going to go get a Realme or something like that or a Xiaomi. Instead. And who knows? Maybe, maybe that was the calculation. Maybe they said, you know mm. what, the cheap phone market is too competitive. Like yeah. maybe they decided it was actually easier to fight in the flagship space because actually when you look at the budget and mid-range, especially because the difference is the budget and mid-range space gets flooded with new models every two months. You know, you can't do even a biannual release schedule um, at that price range and be competitive in Europe and Asia. Uh, that works in the US where there isn't a mid-range market. But, mm. you know, the rest of the world, if you want to put out a budget or mid-range phone, like you, you're kind of putting out a new model every few months to keep up with things. At least that seems to be what everyone else does. So maybe OnePlus just decided that wasn't a fight worth fighting anymore, or at least not worth that being its main, you know, not betting the company on it. Um, yeah. I think the the way they've changed over the the, the last few years makes sense. So, you know, to to start out making a name for themselves with the with the crazy prices and and then transition to actually fighting with the S twenty and yeah. Huawei P thought forty you know eventually makes sense. You know what? I actually kind of um, I like that they've carved out a nice space for themselves in where they sit in the flagship space, which is they're kind of the only people making of an expensive flagship that doesn't go all in on the camera. And I think that's kind of interesting because it is the first thing everyone else wants to talk about when they release a new phone. Um, that's true for Apple, that's true for Samsung, that's true especially for Huawei, uh, Google with the Pixels. Everyone else, the main thing they lean on is camera. And maybe it's just because OnePlus can't compete there, and they can't, but I find it interesting that they kind of are really emphasizing display and design and charging and things like that, where they can be among, if not the best around. And the camera's good. And this, in the Pro at least, it is really good this year. And it's definitely the best camera OnePlus has ever had. And it's a big improvement on last year. It's a good camera. It's definitely not the best. And no one would buy this phone wanting, you know, because it's got the best camera, because it doesn't. 
But there are so many people out there who want to spend a lot on the phone and they just need the camera to be really good, but not the absolute best, right? Exactly. It's not, yeah. Some of these other, I mean, I'm sort of a bit, I'm done with some of these brands and what they're doing <laughs> to the cameras because it's just, it's just stupid. Yeah. Um, and like to have a decent main camera, a decent ultra wide is pretty much what I need. Like yeah. the the third camera on the, the regular eight that I've got is a macro lens, which is just two megapixels. And I, I, I've taken the same shot with that and the main camera and I prefer the main shot every time. So, I found that with every macro lens I've ever used on a camera. I've never found a macro <laughs> lens I want to use for macro photography. Exactly. I don't I don't really get them. Um, I mean, that, maybe if yeah. they were more megapixels so you could actually get some good detail, I don't know. Uh, they also just seem to be very difficult to hold the exact right distance to get the yep. focus right. Um, yeah. But yeah. That is one of the odd... The odd flaws in both the 8 and the 8 Pro, they have this one thing in common, which is they both have a lens that shouldn't be there. And they yeah. probably could have say, shaved, you know, 20 pounds off the price by just not not putting it in and not replacing it. Uh, there's that slightly rubbish macro in the 8. And then the 8 Pro has a fourth lens, which is a photochromatic lens that produces these weird images that are kind of almost monochromatic, but they also then, like, they, they wash green out and replace it with beige. And I don't know enough about colour science to explain it clearly, I'm afraid. But when you see it, you, you'll know what I mean. Um and it's really weird. Uh, it's it's five megapixels, I think. So the detail's not great. Uh, it just gives you f weird colors for no obvious reason. It looks like an Instagram filter. And the funny thing is, you could just get an Instagram filter that did the same thing. Yeah, I don't. We were pretty confused about it when it was being explained to us. Yeah. And, and OnePlus basically just said, "Go and try it." And I and, did, and uh, I was like, "Cool, yeah, it does what you showed me." <laughs> I point it at a plant and it looks like my plant's died because the green has all turned to this sort of like bone colour. Uh, I don't want to take photos of my plants looking dead. And that's basically yeah. all it does. Yeah, because it, it, I, I sort of thought, oh, it's a, it's a black and white one, which on some phones I've tested that have a, hmm. have a monochrome sensor, it, it, you can get some really nice black and white shots. Yeah. Um, and then like sometimes the main camera is using it for some extra Exactly. You know, the processing, but the, I mean, is the is the main camera using that one for depth I don't or know. anything like that? They never told us it was. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That would make sense, um, especially yeah. because one of the oddities with that lens is you don't even access it in the way you access the ultra wide or the zoom. You have to sort of dive into the filters menu to pull up that filter that then uses that lens. And it's only because I was pre-brief that I knew that's what mm. it was and that's what it was doing otherwise i would have assumed that was a software filter and nothing hardware based at all um yeah but like it would make sense if it's also driving some of the processing somewhere and being used to give more information for main photography i haven't been told yeah. that's what it's doing but um and if it Strange. is maybe that's it's helping somewhere and that that's why it's worth having but otherwise it's a bit weird Mm. Uh, it's the same pet hate I've got with the macro, and and this isn't just OnePlus. Everybody seems to be doing this. The macro lens option, and then the, um, the Realme Six did this as well. You've obviously got your your sort of menu of all your different camera modes, mm. and and for some reason it's not in there. No. Uh, on the Realme, it's in like more, so like yeah. <laughs> a, an extra menu of settings, uh, even though it's one of the main lenses. And on the OnePlus, it's 
up the top of the camera app, just sort of next to the <laughs> yeah. like the option to switch from 12 megapixels to 48. And it's like, it's not very obvious that that is a lens. It's just a little flower macro mode. So a bit bizarre. I guess they just don't want people accidentally switching to that lens, not realizing it's macro and using it for other stuff and being confused why it's so bad. But I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> odd when you have a main lens, it's very hard to actually get to use. Um, we've, I think, already talked for OnePlus about fifteen minutes or so, so we should probably sort of mm. wrap up about there. But um, yeah, I mean, for me so far, the Eight Pro is my phone of the year, um, and I wasn't sure it would be, despite the Seven Pro being my phone of the year last year. But you know, the Eight Pro, I, I was worried it was going to be too expensive and that they were going to price it too high for the extra stuff they put in. But I think the pricing is totally justifiable for what they've added in. I think it makes a lot of sense, and. I think it's the prettiest phone I've seen so far this year. Um, all I wish is that it was smaller. If I could get a, a OnePlus 8 Pro, the size of a regular Galaxy S20, I would never use another phone for at least a month. <laughs> <laughs> a whole month. <laughs> a whole month. Um, but yeah, yeah, other than it being a bit thoughts. big. Yeah, um, yeah similar. So, I mean, I... I, I I've probably said this on Fast Charge multiple times already, but pretty much all phones are too big for me because uh, yep. I'm used to using my Pixel 3. Yep. And I used to use OnePlus phones a lot, um, but they quickly got you know out of my size range. Yep. Um, so hopefully uh, the Z or whatever, the Lite, will be a smaller option as well. And mm -hmm. I think that during the launch event, they were sort of talking about the 8 being much more manageable in size. <laughs> um, than the Pro and like other phones. I'm like, no, it's absolutely not, massive. Not that much. Uh, anyway, we'll, we, yeah. we will get back to smaller phones later on, I think, when we yeah. turn to iPhone. Um, but in the meantime, because David is still working away, uh, we're going to talk this week's other third major phone launch, which is Honor. Um, so, yeah, Honor has just announced the Honor 30 series. Uh, they've already had the V30 or View 30, so don't get those muddled up. The 30 series is kind of its proper flagship. Honor's naming has always been a bit odd. You get the V10, then the 10, and the V20, then the 20, and now V30, and then afterwards the 30. Um, but yeah, we have the, the Honor 30, which is their flagship for 2020. Um, it is, they've followed Huawei again, surprise, surprise, in a, introducing a third model. So there's an Honor 30, a 30 Pro, and a 30 Pro Plus. Um, and if you stack those up against the matching P40 models, they do look fairly similar across the board. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, but and and they they follow the Huawei in having like a fairly natural progression between the three phones, though, which I like. It's not like the S20s where you had two similar phones in the 20 and the 20 Plus, and then an Ultra that was an entirely different phone that didn't really feel like part of the same family in, in some ways. Um, there is a nice progression between the three Honor 30s. Um, and actually the thing I think is most interesting is that all three have the same five times optical periscope lens, um, mm. which means I would guess that the regular Honor 30 is about to be the cheapest way to get that kind of periscope lens. Um, yeah, we don't have UK pricing yet, do we? I mean, we, we don't even have word that it's going to get a release anywhere outside China no. yet. It's had a China launch. So it was launched in Beijing um, this, today. So yesterday, if you're watching. Um, 
it is coming out, I think, later this month in China. Um, and But officially, they haven't announced any international launch. So we don't know if we're going to get it at all in Europe or, or the US. Um, the V30 was in China and then later came to Russia. But so far, the V30 or V30 hasn't come out anywhere else. I think these will. I think maybe the reason we didn't get the V30 is they were figuring it out and then decided it just made sense to hold off and do a proper launch for the 30 series. Um, and obviously, Huawei's done the P40s and given them a, a European launch. So it makes sense Honor would follow in, in the same steps. And also, Honor has now had its first phone out in Europe without Google Apps, which was the 9X Pro. So they've kind of broken through that barrier of mm. saying, please buy an Honor phone even though there's no Google. Right, um, so these which, are the same, are they? I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I assume they are. I, have, I can't imagine any possible reason they wouldn't be. They're obviously new phones. They won't have been certified by Android any time before all the, the trade band stuff, and mm. there's been no change or anything else. So these, these should be limited to Honor and Huawei's software stuff, the Huawei app gallery, all of that, all that stuff we talked about before, which, you know, gets you a lot of what you would have otherwise, but certainly not everything, and you start to hit security vulnerabilities and updates and things like that with the apps you get through phone clone or sideloading. So it's definitely um, limited. Um, the other thing I really want to talk about with the Honor series, you've got to figure this because we've only sort of seen these come out today and we haven't seen any of the phones in person, so we haven't had a chance to use any. Um, but I think this isn't for all three. I think just for the Pro and the Pro Plus, um, unless I'm wrong. But the Pro and the Pro Plus, I think, say Honor on the back of the phone in big letters. <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah, at least two right. of them do. The the images I'm looking at is the is the is the pro that doesn't have the big letters, but this might be incorrect. Uh, yeah, um, I can see it's not all of them, and I'm I'm struggling to figure out from the images which ones are which. Yeah, they look. I mean, generally they look really nice. Like, but why you want honor in like absolutely huge font across the back? I don't know. It's um embarrassing. It's <laughs> Is the only word I can think. It's a bit embarrassing. I hope this doesn't become a trend because with the um, I don't know if this was the same for you actually, Chris, with the OnePlus Eight, but the Eight Pro came with the free clear TPU case in the box, and it yeah. said "Never Settle" in big letters yeah. on the case. I don't you know, know if you can just see about that see that on the clear. webcam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I sort of unboxed it and I thought, oh no, that's horrible. And now the Honor just plastering Honor like on the back of the phone, like taking up half the phone's rear. Yeah. It just says Honor in caps lock. Um, I really hope we're not moving into a space of brands just like plastering their branding as big as they can on the back of devices. I hope not. I, I quite like the the this clear case for the the One Plus Eight though, because I otherwise. felt like the the phone was too slippery, um, and because they've told us like we're going to need these back because of like high demand i was like right i better mm. not smash this um, <laughs> not that i'm in the habit of smashing phones but like it happens um it happens and the obviously the silicon case is really grippy so i have been using it with it on and mm -hmm. because the never settle is quite subtle you don't really see it unless you hold it in certain lights yeah i thought it was quite it was quite nice but yeah i don't want honor in like huge letters <laughs> across the back 
Uh, right, okay, so let's just sort of run down the main specs of the three, I guess. Um, they're all basically the same size. You might see, like, there's a little bit of a screen size difference between them. The regular 30 is 6.53 inches, I think, and the other two are 6.57. That's just because they are curved. Uh, the two Pro models are curved at the edges, waterfall style, um, whereas the regular 30 is flat. But otherwise, actually, all of the three phones are basically the same size. They've all got cut-out front-facing cameras, which is just a single 32-megapixel lens on the 30. And then the Pros and the Pro Plus throw in an 8-megapixel wide-angle selfie camera, too. Um, might as well stick with cameras, do the back, uh, which is where you kind of get interesting. The Pro Plus has a 50-megapixel um, main lens, which has a sort of a particularly large sensor size. I think it's the IMX700 sensor. Um, so it's a big sensor, should be really good for low light, um, stuff like that, lots of detail as well. And then it comes with an ultra-wide and the five times optical periscope that we spoke about before, which I think caps out 50 times zoom once you get into digital stuff. Um, that lens, the zoom one, is in all three phones, so that one carries all the way down. Um, the regular Pro... It's basically the exact same setup, except that the main lens is 40 rather than 50. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, that's what I've got here. Um, um, so and you've got it is a different... megapixel depth camera across all three. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry. They've also got that two megapixel. Yeah. Uh... Oh, no, that's just on the regular 30, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, because the regular 30 has that as a macro, another unwanted macro lens <laughs> instead of a wide angle. Um Oh, does it have an ultra-wide as well? Weird, yeah, the regular 30 has four lenses. Uh, Too many cameras. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird setup. Um, so the main thing is basically just that the main lens drops as you go down, and then the 30 also drops the quality of the ultra-wide a bit. Um, but there is a nice, like I was saying, it just kind of steps down a bit as you go. Um, what might actually be the bigger difference, though, is the processor, because while the cameras are all the same, the regular 30 doesn't have a Kirin 990 in. Um, no. The regular 30 comes with a new processor, which is a Kirin 985, which I don't mm. think they've ever done that mid-step before. Um, I, I can't think of any, but it is still 5G. Yeah, so it's still 5G. They're still describing it as a flagship chip. Um, it's funny, anytime you see a new Kirin in an Honor rather than a Huawei phone first, um, that's quite unusual. Um, and mm. usually it's because Honor have like, just pipped Huawei to the punch in terms of announcing something, but it doesn't feel like that's the case here. I'm, just, I'm not expecting a new Huawei to get announced with this chip anytime soon. So mm. um, it is still 7 nanometer, it's still 5G, so it should still be pretty similar, but it obviously isn't as good as the 990. That probably does mean actually kind of one of the most processor-intense things these days is camera processing. So I do suspect that is actually where we're going to see the difference, is that while the hardware is fairly competitive the algorithmic side might not keep up on the regular 30. Mm. Um, all three have the same battery, 4,000 milliamp hour. They all have 40 watt charging, which is pretty good. Um, but only the Pro Plus has wireless, yeah. which is probably for me the biggest reason to jump to the Pro Plus, because I reckon that camera is not going to be that much better. But getting 27 watt wireless charging is nice. Yeah, and the Pro Plus also has it's the only one that goes up to 12 gigabytes of RAM, I think. Uh, right, yep. I haven't delved um, into all the RAM and ROM combos yet. <laughs> yeah. um, and then is is the only one with the 90 hertz 
refresh rate. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Just like Huawei did with the pro where they just have the one at the top with 90 hertz, but don't carry yeah. that down and no 120 yeah. hertz. Um, so that's actually a pretty big reason. Um, but, again, you know, either way, the thing is, those displays aren't going to match the best around this year. Huawei usually is pretty competitive on display, but it's not 120. It's not QHD+. Plus. Um, so from a pure specs perspective, um, Huawei and Honor both feel like they're lagging on display and they've really just thrown all, all their money at camera because, you know, like this camera setup on paper is better than what's in the OnePlus 8 Pro probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even in the regular 30, arguably, it might be better than the 8 Pro camera on paper. Um, so it just does, definitely feels like a repositioning of priorities here, which maybe makes sense given they're suffering in software otherwise, just kind of lean in on being a camera phone company. Oh, excuse you. Bless you. That one. That's what we say. I haven't seen people in long enough. I don't even know what to say when someone sneezes anymore. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Honor 30 series. Uh, I think we're going to get this in Europe, but I don't know when. It will probably be at least a month if it does happen. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll just get like a couple of them. That would be my bet as well. That we'll get maybe, maybe not all three. Yeah, I'd be surprised yeah. if the whole range comes out in Europe. I don't know which Depends. one they drop. It, it might come down to like what the buyers at Carfed Warehouse and and places <laughs> yeah. like that think is going to sell. So it could vary depending on different countries within Europe as well. My bet, yeah. we'd maybe just see the two Pro models, and Possibly. not the Honor Thirty. That's where yeah, I'd maybe. put my money right now. Pro and the Pro Plus. But we shall see. Um, by the way, I am pretty impressed, especially with the, the, the Chinese prices. They have kind of work out around four to six hundred dollars. Um, you know, that's never a fair comparison. They always end up costing more than the direct currency conversion because of tax and all sorts of stuff like that. But, um, you know, for what you're getting there, they should be good. It's just no Google as of her. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that is us done on Honor and OnePlus, which means it's iPhone time. So in a second, hopefully David's going to join us. All right, and there, like magic, hopefully you may see David Price. He'll pop up in a sec if he hasn't already. Say hi, David. Hi, David. <laughs> uh, so David is the editor of Macworld, so he's our, our resident iPhone expert for today. Uh, because, yeah, Apple just announced the iPhone SE, which they've we kind of been expecting them to do for weeks and weeks. And then we spent all day waiting for when it would happen just putting off recording this so that we'd be able to talk about the iPhone. And we were like, will it happen at noon? No. Will it happen at one? No. And it's been like that. But it is here. There is an iPhone SE. Uh, David, do you want to give us the rundown? Yeah, it's, um, it's really boring. Um, I, I, I feel really <laughs> apologetic because you guys have been waiting and waiting for this. It's basically the iPhone 8 with an A13 processor chip. But it is a really good price for what you get. So yeah. It's, it's funny, you know how there's always these um, these taglines for new iPhones and they'll always say it's the most fun, the funnest iPhone ever, stuff like that. The little bit at the top of the Apple press release says it's the most affordable iPhone. It's, like, mm. it's, such, a, it's such a sad sort of, oh. But it is, yeah. it's a great price. It's um, I think it's £60 less than the iPhone 8. Uh, the same 64 gigabytes storage allocation, but you get an A13 chip instead of an A11, yeah. so it'll be a lot, a lot quicker. And that will have knock-on effects on other aspects of it. So the camera will be a lot better because of that. I mean, the camera doesn't look very good. I mean, look at the specs. It's the same as the iPhone 8. But the neural engine means it'll process um, photography much better and you'll get much you'll get much better shots. So yeah. the battery life should be better as well because of the neural engine and the A13 chip's power. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it looks really good. It, it looks like a really sensible 
solid, all the boring well, it's, words. It's the, it's the sensible iPhone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It's, no. It's an iPhone for, for now, isn't it? It's an yeah. iPhone for a rubbish world. <laughs> so it's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the starting price is $399, £419. Yeah, that's right. That, right. that hurts a bit, doesn't it, when it's more in yeah. pounds than that's, a dollar. That's 64 gig storage. Yeah, so it's available in yeah. 64 and 128, and there's a new 256 gigabyte storage. The price for the top. 256 was a bit of a jump, I thought, having a quick look. The 256 didn't look worth it to me. Um, I wouldn't get that myself, and I don't no. think you'd need it. And yeah. I'm, I feel like the person who's going to buy this phone, this iPhone of all the iPhones, isn't then going to splash out an extra $100 for storage. Um, but who knows? Um, yeah, so I mean, it is literally an iPhone 8. Um, in chassis, right? Like it is it, it the will s- fit. exact same, same yeah. cases, everything. Yeah, it will fit um, an iPhone 8K. So that's that's the you know, that's the giveaway and, that it's basically the same thing. And that means still got a home button, still got big bezels. We're not no notch, nothing like that. It's, it's the old iPhone design, basically. Yeah, and I suppose that's okay um, when you're aiming for the price point above everything else. It does seem yeah. a shame though. Apple is is a bit. It's a bit naughty about stuff like that. It loves to do the same design over and over again because it knows it doesn't really have to try yeah. as hard as everybody else, which you guys are all Android fans, I know, and maybe you're going to take the mickey out of this, but it seems to work for it, it in, the, in the market. It is funny because it's funny because this is a four-year-old, like the SE came out in 2016. Yeah. Um, being So it's a four-year-old phone being replaced by a three-year-old phone as in the iPhone 8 with a one-year-old chip with a, with a new processor that isn't even new um, it's, I mean, to yeah. be fair it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty new chip for what yeah. you get and I think arguably it might be a faster chip than what you got in the new iPad Pro because that's the 12Z it's like a oh, doubly yeah. it's a doubly souped up version of the 12 so I don't it's only hard to know whether a 12Z is faster than a 13 but maybe it's comparing apples and oranges but saying um, all that, I know a lot of people that would be really interested in this. Totally. Yeah. Like super interested. They'll be like, oh, finally, I can get a, a new iPhone that's affordable and has a home button. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, people have been complaining yeah. about this pretty much since, what was it, late 2018 when the iPhone SE was discontinued. Mm. Um, it's, I, I was writing an article about this the other day. It's hard to tell if um, complaints are actually substantial you know what i mean like on the internet yeah. you get lots of complaints about something you like does it actually mean there is grassroots interest in this or does it mean that it's just really loud people um <laughs> so that would be the interesting experiment these people have been saying for ages go oh, give us another small iphone give us a cheap iphone okay here is your small yeah. cheap iphone let's see if you actually buy it i think they will though i think it, i think it's mm. going to be a great success i think it's going to sell a lot i think it's that you know, you sort of said we might make fun of it from the compared to the Android, you know, perspective. And it is one of those funny things where certainly design wise, it looks very dated for the price even. And, you know, you could buy a 200 pound Android phone, spend half the price and get something that's, you know, full screen with a punch hole camera um, and not even a notch. But that doesn't matter because this is Apple and it's an iPhone and it's an affordable iPhone and it will sell loads. And it will yeah. outsell most of those cheap Android phones, even if they look more modern and have some fancier specs on paper. That they just won't matter for the people who are looking at this phone. Yeah, um, I- iOS is a big, it's such a big seller. The fact that totally. it does iOS, yeah. people will be able to FaceTime their friends who have iPads yeah. and 
it's discomforting, you know, for people who are comparatively un-tech savvy, I think. Yeah, especially in the US, because it's always one of the interesting disparities on the Android side, is the US doesn't have very much of a cheap mid-range phone market um, because it doesn't have very many of the Chinese manufacturers in play. So Europe and Asia, you can get these amazing phones at two, three, four hundred pounds um, that often just aren't there in the US, which is why the Pixel 3a last year, Google's 400-ish dollar phone was a big hit, at least with the press. I'm not sure how well it sold. Um, so, and then the US also happens to be much more iPhone dependent than Europe is uh, for various reasons. Um, so those two things combined, the fact that there aren't that many other phones at this price point and half of the US has an iPhone means like in the US, this is going to be enormous, surely. That's really interesting, though, because what people have been saying is that this is going to be aimed at China. But you're saying it's going to be mm. aimed at Apple because they haven't got so many Chinese phones. But, that, but always the idea is that Apple is going to crack China. It's going to crack India, the developing markets where budgets are a bit lower, but they still yeah. like the cachet of an iPhone. Um, True. We're never really sure if that worked. Like the iPhone SE, the fact that it got discontinued and didn't immediately get a, uh, a successor, mm. suggests it wasn't actually that successful, which is why we've always been a little bit nervous about this launch. Um, I guess the question is how well it can play in those markets where price is a big thing, but people tend to care about value as much as price. Yeah. You know, um, so the perception of what specs you get for that price, um, where this doesn't look that competitive compared to the Android space. Um, but depends how much value that brand cachet has, that Apple Appleiness, which obviously still is maybe not as high as it used to be, but still a lot. Um, yeah. Do you think it's taking think a knock then? Not a knock. I think, well, it's more just that other competitors have come up and been really, really impressive, you know. Um, and there are certainly at the high end, it's less... There's less of a sense that the best phone in the world is an iPhone. I don't think that's been as like set in stone as it used to be for a while. Um, certainly in a camera space, which is why the 11 series for me was really interesting because that was the first time in years I heard people in, on the Android side sort of saying, oh, maybe the iPhone's got the best camera again. Um, and that, I think, actually is where I'm really interested to see this new, the new SE. I want to see how good the camera is. Because like you said, it's the same camera as the 8, but with the new A13 that should really boost the algorithmic side of it, the image processing, how it handles portrait mode and things like that. So I'm very curious to see the first, you know, proper camera samples not taken by Apple um, and see what it's capable of and, and see, and, you know, I'd love to see it stacked up against the 8 and see what a shot like this, you know, side-by-side -side comparisons of iPhone 8 photos and new SE photos to see what a difference that chip actually makes and, um yeah because it, i mean that's it, that's that's the killer definitely the camera yeah um, and apple's always maintained that it's not about it's not about the specs you know it's yeah. about about the photos that you end up with but it's really hard to know how much mm. of a difference the neural engine actually makes because it's so amazingly subjective so yeah, we'll, yeah we'll do tests we'll see um as i understand it the portrait mode is going to be like the portrait mode on the 10r and it's only going to be usable on people that's what I saw as well, yeah. Which is a sort of annoying because mm. there was, I was looking it up, there was an app that I never tested it out, but it said that it could use the same technology in the iPhone XR to take photos of pets because right. there isn't 
there isn't really any logical reason why it shouldn't be able to. But that's not something you can do on this, as I understand it. I find it especially odd that because if there was a reason, you'd think it would be a processing power limit. But if this yeah. has the same processor as the 11s, then yeah, I don't... But, then, but they do combine it with the glassware, so they have got the, the, the twin, or well, the triple lenses in one case. Sure, yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, it's a weird one. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's basically Apple leaning more... It feels a bit like Apple learning from Google in that maybe they've kind of looked at the 3A and said what Google essentially did with the 3A was said, can we make a phone that's $400 that has a camera that's as good as our flagship? Yeah. And they're obviously not doing that in that they haven't put in the same lenses they put in the 11 or anything like that. But it feels like they may be saying, all right, can we make it at this price and just make sure from a computational side we can match, you know, it can it can be a really, really good iPhone camera at 400 bucks. Yeah. Um, they decided on the one thing that's most important and they're going to achieve that at pretty much the top level yeah at an affordable price tag yeah um and that's going to be what will make or break it i think if those photos deliver not in terms of sales because i think it will just sell well regardless because of what it is the only thing i'm worried about from the sales perspective is the design is whether the design is a help or a hindrance and i think it could go either way because i think i think you were right chris you mentioned that you know people who would be excited about having a home button, being able to buy a new iPhone with a home button that will last them another two, three years or whatever before they have to give up on home buttons. So I don't know how many people are out, out there who are in that boat and say, finally, I can buy a new iPhone with a home button, or whether it's yeah, all going to be people saying, oh, no, it looks old. I, I don't know if how niche it is, but I have <laughs> had a lot of people over the last like year or so who are all on like, most of them are on like some sort of iPhone 6 mm -hmm. um, or 6S and they're like, mm, I don't know what to do. It's getting a bit old, you know, it's a bit battered, battery's knackered, uh, but they don't particularly want to jump to any of the current range. Mm. Um, not sure why they're not interested in an 8, but, um, but this at a lower price will probably interest a lot of them. Um, I have a question for David because the specs I'm looking at... Um, suggest that it doesn't have 3d touch anymore which also may be a very niche thing but some people do really like that and it doesn't look like it has uh 3d touch whereas the 8 did yeah they discontinued that it just it yeah. just didn't work um <laughs> I, I liked it too yeah i liked it too but it just didn't take off it's one of those things like the uh, the touch bar on the macbook pro that mm. it only really makes sense if it becomes part of the generally accepted sort of design language or interface language. And then all the all the third party apps start using it in clever ways. And they just they didn't really it didn't really take mm. off. Um, I think I think there are still some models that still support it, but they've been phasing it out. So it makes sense that it's not on there. The, the, the home button thing, though, is really interesting to me because I didn't like the idea of losing the home button. I, I mm. joined. Um, that particular design on the iPhone, what came after the iPhone 10, the 10s, that was my yeah. first one. I didn't, I didn't get the 10, and and I was, I was putting it off for a while because I thought I don't want to learn an entire new set of um, interface gestures and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I tell you what, I got it in about five minutes. It, it was crazy how quickly it became instinctive to just swipe up instead of hitting the home button, and everything just transformed overnight. But I remember how worried i was about it and i think you're right mm -hmm. i think there's a huge number of people out there just think oh i don't want to have to learn it all over again um yep. and it's it's irrational but i had that 
and I think a lot of people do. And that there, there is notoriously a lot of people on the iPhone 6. You're absolutely right. That was a very successful iPhone. And they want to get them off that. They want to move them on. Yeah. So just if they can just target that group of people, this will be a success. Yeah. Right. And, and, have, and I think yeah. a lot of these people are perhaps not as techy as you, though. They won't. It won't be a five-minute or overnight <laughs> transition. Yeah, it'll be not, people. No. It'll be people like my mum who have had a very, you know, a couple of iPhones over the last like five years, but moving away from what they know is very difficult. Where, uh, even if you're there, sort of showing them all the different gestures, it, it doesn't come easily to them. No. So I think all of those people that don't, you know, will struggle with the gestures. Uh, it will really appeal to them. I wonder if they would. It didn't feel like a very Apple thing to do, so I suspect not, unless you're going to tell me they already have. But I wonder if they would add the option of the gesture controls into sort of home button, you know, in the next version of iOS or something, as a way of trying to wean people over. Because this was a common thing, you know, you can still on, on Android, obviously that sort of hardware navigation buttons are long gone, but you still tend to get the choice of having a row of software buttons at the bottom of the screen or doing gesture controls. And most devices that you choose during setup or once you set up. Um, and they often still have a tutorial to explain the new gestures. But again, it's that idea that if you prefer buttons, they're still there. They're still an option. And I wonder if App Apple would consider that as a kind of like, because they can't do this again. This has got to be the last one with a home button. Yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right. So by, by the time they mean. get to this point again in two or three years, they need people to be willing to move to gestures. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, and, but it's just, it's not at all an Apple thing to do. No. You're, you're right there. Um, they, they hate that. They make people do a specific way of running the interface. And they don't like having multiple interfaces either. No. Um, I, was, I was thinking about it. I think on the um, the iPads that have um, home buttons, that's most of them except the most recent iPad Pros. Yeah. Um, you can still do some of the same gestures from the top of the screen. So the control center. Yeah, right. The, the way you bring it in matches there was a specific way they brought it in for the iPad Pro because it hasn't got a home button. Mm -hmm. So they had, to, they had to move some gestures around. And that had a knock-on effect on the ones that do have home buttons. So there, there is yep. a slight, um, what's the word bringing for that? A precedent of, yeah, yeah. of bringing together the two methods. Um, but in general, no, absolutely yep. not. They they tell you how to use your device. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. Um... No, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, what's telling for me about them putting the A13 in this rather than, say, the A12 or something is it definitely feels like this is them saying, OK, let's get all those people who are still on a 6 or a 7, get them onto an SE. It's got a new process so we can so we can still give them new iOS versions for another few years and support them for a few years in a way that they couldn't if they're all clinging to a 6. Um but then they're all gonna, they, they've got to push them onto the next design. But I guess by the time people are done with the SE, we'll be into an under-display front-facing camera, you know, on the iPhone 14 or whatever it will be. That you know, you know, the notch will be gone, and it will be whatever the next design language of iPhone is. Will be when they phase out the SE and start. And maybe at that point they put people on an, a 10 design for cheap. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. See how they do it. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably long enough. This is probably the longest episode we've done yet. Um, but thank you for joining us, David. Um, I'm hopeless on iPhones. I haven't actually used one since the 10. Pleasure. So I've got no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, uh, we <laughs> will be back next week, as always, um, when there should be a, th a first Motorola flagship in years. It's set to be announced next Wednesday. 
So we'll hopefully be talking all about that on next week's episode, along with whatever else happens. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, David. Thank you. No worries. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Like and subscribe. Let us know what you thought in the comments. And let us know if you are tempted by any of the many, many new phone releases this week. All right. Bye, everyone.